We were reminded Wednesday night that um, you can keep playing. Praise God. We were reminded Wednesday night that it's not just the fact that we need God, but that God needs us. Thank you, Brother Copeland. Thursday, we were reminded that we're not alone in the valley. Thursday night, last night, we were reminded that hell's not where we want to go. Praise God. Then today, praise God, I learned I didn't know anything. I couldn't resist that. I couldn't resist. And um, the only difference between Cecil and I is I hope that I never have to make the call he made. Um. He, he, what I mean by that is I'm fine to keep doing what I'm doing. I don't ever have to pastor, praise God. I'm fine with not knowing anything. <laughs> praise the Lord. I live by the philosophy that I'll, I'll catch them and then you can clean them. Praise God. No, for real. Uh, we, we do what we're taught. You get what you preach. And... Um, I wish I could say that every time that I've heard those subject or that subject covered that we heard today that, and I'm not the judge, but just from, from my porch, I um, wish I could tell you that every time I've heard those, those things dealt with that I felt like they were done with a right spirit. But today, today they were not only addressed, but this is not a real masculine word, but it was beautifully done with a, with a wonderful spirit. And um, I, I left here feeling safe. Hallelujah. Praise God. And um, there's a lot that Brother Parker has taught me. In conversation, there's a lot I've learned by listening to him over the last nine years, eight years. But even more, I think that I've learned by observation. And I appreciate the Parker family and their love for people, for ministry, and for the Northwest. I think right now we need to honor the Parkers in this local church for their burden, sacrifice. an incredible honor to 
be in this pulpit tonight and I can assure you that I know there's a lot of people that are more capable but if it's okay for me to say this I'm not it'd be hard to find someone that takes the responsibility any more serious and um, I have tried to seek the Lord to the best of my ability for a word here tonight to leave you with send you home with and I believe he's given me that praise God we give honor to all the ministry that's here um, tonight in the crowd and on the platform and uh, many friends and men that have believed in us and supported us and I appreciate that and um, my brother's here tonight I love him and um, appreciate him. Colossians chapter 1. I believe it'd be a good night for somebody to get the Holy Ghost. I mean, believe God confirms His Word. You've probably heard me say this several years ago. I started telling the Lord. Um, I refuse to preach an unconfirmed word. That may bother you, but I don't think it bothered him. I just think he realized how serious I was about it. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. He said his word would not return void. Praise God. So I'm believing that God's going to confirm his word here tonight. Praise God. Colossians chapter 1. Verse number 10. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord. Unto. All pleasing. Someone say all pleasing. I don't want to please him in part or in parcel. I want to please him all the way. Well, praise God. I said, I want to please him all the way. Comma. It's not another train of thought. In fact, he's fixing to show us what it looks like to please him all the way. Being fruitful in every good work. And increasing. Someone say increasing. In the knowledge of God. Being fruitful in every work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Second Thessalonians chapter number 1 verse number 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet. Because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Your faith groweth exceedingly. Praise God. And just as Brother Copeland told us that the Lord gave him two things to preach to his local church or to preach for a season, I feel like just 
a few days ago that the Lord gave me a word to preach to the church, to preach to us, to preach to all of us, regardless of where you're at in life. I want to preach tonight for a little while, if the Holy Ghost will help us from this thought. Saying no to the plateau. Saying no to the plateau. Look at your neighbor and say, say no to the plateau. Lift your hands one more time and ask the Lord to talk to us. Praise God. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Prayer and preparation. I feel that I arrived, been convinced that there are a plethora of problems with a spiritual plateau. Um, Tonight, I'd like to begin with what I feel like that the, the main problem is that would give birth or have babies and create all these other problems. The problem, I feel, the greatest problem with a, a spiritual plateau lies the answer to this, the pathology of this problem lies in the definition of what a plateau is. A plateau is defined with two definitions that in my mind are polar opposites. A plateau, Brother Joe, on one hand is a level of attainment. It's a level of achievement. But the problem, the true problem with a plateau is on the other hand, it is a period in which something no longer increases or advances. That's the main problem. All of the other problems with a spiritual plateau stem from the pathology of that problem. On one hand, it's an achievement. It's an accomplishment. On the other hand, it's a time. It's a period. It's an attitude. It's, it's a disposition in which there is no longer an advancement. Something becomes stagnant. Praise God. In fact, the word plateau has been popularized again in our society in the dietary world. The world that you and I live in has changed a little bit uh, the way that the word of the Lord put it. The word of the Lord, I believe, puts spirit and soul ahead of the body. 
the Western world or the world as a whole has rearranged that and they have put the body in front of the spirit and the soul. Praise God. You better be more concerned about your soul than your body. Praise God. Something, something's wrong when somebody can spend uh, an hour on a treadmill and they don't have time to pray. Anyways, I'm not going to run rabbits. But this word, this word has become popularized in our society again because of the dietary world. Plateau. Everybody is consumed. There's all of these schemes and catches and all these different diets that are coming, surfacing and resurfacing. And, and a lot of them, they're, they're nothing new. It's just the same old lady in a new dress. It's just something tweaked a little bit different. It's appeal here. It's this. It's that. But all of these, all of these are trying not just, not just to get someone to diet, but, but many of these things are to help uh, the, 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 the continual loss of weight plateau in regards to the dietary world is when someone, when someone sets out to lose 50 pounds, naturally the human body after, after 25 pounds, 30 pounds, it's different, uh, it's different when it comes to each individual and depending on the diet, uh, the, the, the caloric intake and what they're intaking, there will come a period before they get to their goal, whether that goal is 50 pounds, 80 pounds. Uh, some of you remember several years ago when I was almost 300 pounds, I lost 100 pounds. It took me uh, a year to lose that, but, but, but I didn't lose it all at one time. There, there were plateaus. I was uh, physically, uh, cholesterol, probably blood pressure, uh, several other things going on physically. Had, I had to get that white off. And, and I went to one of the number one MD doctors in Sacramento, California. And I, I remember after I lost that initial 30 pounds, uh, when I came back into his office, I thought he was going to be proud of me. Uh, I've never had anybody talk to me like that before in my life. Because he understood the natural trend. The body adapts. Your clothes are fitting better. You're looking slimmer in the mirror. What are you talking? You ain't never had a problem with any of this. Don't nod your head like you know what you're talking about. Brother, these guys that eat like a horse and look like a mouse. I eat like a mouse and look like a horse. But what happens is, naturally, your body adapts. You start losing a little weight. You, you start feeling better about yourself. Your clothes start fitting a little better. And, and um, in fact, you may even have to have, have, have a different size, and, and that feels good. But if you've got 80 to lose, if you've got 80 to lose, 40's not going to cut it. But the body naturally plateaus. In fact, some of the percentages that I read, most people that start out with a goal, whether it's 50, 25, 80, 100, if that person plateaus and they don't continue to go beyond the plateau, yes, there's an attainment. Yes, there's an achievement. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. But they, they level out. It's a period of time in which, in which something is no longer advancing. Something is no longer increasing. Less than 1% of those that plateau maintain the loss of the weight that they originally attained. Praise God. 
And so, my assignment here tonight is to remind us to draw the parallel, hopefully, metaphorically, be able to show you here. So what the doctor tells you has to happen is something radical. Something shaking. I'm very comfortable with my role here tonight. I'm very comfortable with what God has called me to do. I'm very comfortable with the assignment that he's given me. You know I've got a love for the Northwest. I don't have an axe to grind. I'm thankful for what I've witnessed and what I've seen happen here over the last eight or nine years. But I want this church. I want this conference. I want you pastors. I want every saint of God to understand there is more. Thank you. There is more. Hallelujah. There is more. And something radical has to happen. You've got something's got to come into your life where you where your where your system is shaken up. The doctor told me, he said, I am, I am, I this is a risk. He said, but for the next 48 hours, I want you to eat everything that you wanted to eat the last 60 days. We've got to shake your metabolism. We've got to rattle some things. Hallelujah. And then you got then you gotta go back to being disciplined. I'm very comfortable with why I'm here tonight. Thank you for the invitation. Ladies and gentlemen, thank God for what he's done in the Northwest. Thank God for the growth. Thank God for the heels that we've come over. Thank God for the things that we've accomplished. But we cannot grow stagnant. Hallelujah. The problem with the plateau. Come on. Yes, it is an achievement. Praise God. I am very grateful that I've been here and just been a small part of seeing what God has done over a culmination of many, many years. But this is not the end. Hallelujah. Thank God you've had some growth. Thank God your church is bigger. Thank God. But there's more. There's more. Come on, I'm not going to go any further till I feel a release here. I want somebody to shout more. Shout more. Hallelujah. I'm comfortable tonight understanding that my responsibility is to shake us. Thank God you're bigger than you were five years ago. Aaron Dansby, I've been hearing the reports in Boise. Thank God you're running between 40 and 50 on a consistent basis. But ladies and gentlemen, we can't settle on the plateau of attainment. There is more. There's another 50. There's another... Clap your hands and give God praise. If you believe that, shake us, God. Turn us upside down tonight. Come on, anybody want the Lord to shake you? Anybody want the Lord to show you there's more? God wants to do more in my city. God wants to do more in my family. God wants to do more in my life. Is it Salt Lake City? Is that where you, where, where you pastor, brother? Where? Reno. 
Is there someone here from Salt Lake City? He's not here. Reno, Salt Lake City. These, these major, these major areas. There's more. Thank God for what you've attained. Thank God for what you've accomplished. But the plateau, Brother Parker, is no place to park. Come on. I'm glad some of you are starting to get your feet underneath you. But don't look back down the plateau and say we've come a long ways. Let's just kind of rest. Let's have a little reprieve. Come on, it's cost us a lot to get here. No, I've come to preach to you. Say no to the plateau. I'm not parking on a plateau. Reno, Salt Lake City, Washington, Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado. Huh? Say no to the plateau. I'll tell you what the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to hit that pulpit with your hair on fire. Stand on top of your head. Convince those people. I want them to start expecting more out of me. I'm not here. I'm not here to condemn you. But the Northwest, you better hear what I'm telling you. You've lived way below what God has purposed and planned for you. I want you to leave this meeting tonight expecting more out of him. Somebody shout more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for the ground that we've gained. But some of you still have a survival mentality. I believe in the next 12 months that God wants to make some of you full time. Full. No, I'm going to back up and try that again. Hallelujah. Thank God for people like Brother Borders that's willing to work two jobs to start churches. But I believe in the Northwest. God wants to create things. God wants to build churches that are self-supportive. There ought to be somebody jumping. There ought to be somebody shouting. There ought to be somebody running. More, 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 more. Well, the problem, we look back down and say, well, we're not where we used to be. Taking a lot of effort to get here. A lot of years to get here. Praise God. Let's just kind of relax, Brother Parker. Let's kind of, let's pitch a tent. Hallelujah. Let's just pitch a tent and enjoy the successes that we've had. I'm just a young man, but I believe there's some elders here tonight. It's not time for you to retire. I hope God gives me an anointing tonight to help reignite something in your spirit. Thank God for what you've accomplished. But I 
I believe between now and when God's finished with you, he can do more with you in the next two years than he's done in your entire ministry. Burgess, I tell you what I've been telling God. I've been telling God. I've been standing in defense of men just like you. I've been saying, God, these men like Brother Burgess that have been faithful, that have preached this revival, come on, that have stood for truth, that have been holiness men, I've been praying in your defense. God, show it to them before they leave us. Give them that revival. I'm talking about a big revival. I'm t- more, more, more. The problem with neutral is you're going to roll. You can't park on a plateau. In fact, one of the greatest, what initially looks like one of the, one of the greatest benefits of a plateau, Brother Bray, is one of his greatest curses as far as I'm concerned. There are views on the plateau. Boy, I feel like preaching on Friday night. I hope it's not my last, but I'm going to preach like it is. There's views from the plateau. In fact, if you study geographically, plateaus being one of the, well, one of, one of, one of the world's major landforms, you will find that plateaus generally, they have more, they have more area. They're a bigger space than mountaintops. There's great views from the plateau. That's one of the temptations that sucks people in after they've worked so hard to reach that level of attainment. Hey, I'm not down there where they're at. Praise God. I, 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 hope it, I hope you know what I believe by now. And I don't have to give a disclaimer to everything I say. Hallelujah. I think we ought to be holy. Thank God that we've stood next to the standards. Thank God that we, that we are insistent on living righteously and holy. But you can't, you can't, you can't get, you can't get all the sin out of your church. Ladies and gentlemen, I hear a man hit the pulpit and proclaim that he's got all the televisions out of his church. It makes me nervous. I don't want to stick a stake in the ground and say the church is holy. We're just going to camp out here. No, if I'm going to please him all the way, come on, there's got to be fruit in everything I'm doing. If we're going to have a holy church, I believe it's the will of God for us to have a full church. If we're going to have a separated church, I believe a separated church is a fertile church. And a fertile church ought to have souls in it. Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout more. There's views from the plateau. And while that is a temptation, seemingly a surface benefit of staying there. In my opinion, it's really a curse. Because all of the major plateaus of our world, geographically speaking, 
Brother Parker, are in close vicinity of higher elevations. You said it, Brother Buxton. There's always a mountain somewhere just right there. I'm preaching to this generation. Come on. I'm preaching to this generation. I'm preaching. I'm preaching to this generation. You better. It's time for you. It's time for you to set aside all the technology. Get the phone and the computer. Come on. Get the phone and the computer out of your out of your face. Come on. You got your eyes crossed, being entertained by by everything imaginable. Where's the adventurous? Come on. Where's the adventurousness? Where's the conquering spirit? Where are the climbers? Where are the climbers? Come on. Come on. I'm preaching to the Northwest right now. Come on. Yes, there's some views. We've come a mighty long ways. But ladies and gentlemen, why would we stay here when there's higher heights? Why would we stay here when there's greater revival? There's more. settle don't settle come on look at your neighbor and say don't settle tell them say no don't settle don't settle I want somebody to leave here with your head up you're closer you're closer to greater things than what you realize I'm telling somebody just in the near future hallelujah there's a revival like you've never had I need you to help me right now come on I'm telling somebody thank God thank God one of your babies pray through it's time for you to start believing God for the rest of them higher heights greater revival deeper dimensions greater anointing lift your voice right now all over the house tired of hearing me saying that I need somebody to shout more I need you to shout more like you believe it come on I want you to picture a family member I want you to picture some family you've been working with I want you to be preached come on I want you to think about that other area that needs a church I want come on now more 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 thank God for what he's given us but we want more thank God for where he's brought us to but we want more Or it shouldn't come to a surprise as a surprise to us that plateaus are not fertile places. They're full of thorns and thistles. Hallelujah. You can't. Let me tell you something, relishing and living on yesterday's victories. That's not fertile soil. It's not fertile soil. 
for the for the totality of God's purpose coming to fruition in your life. What are you doing, Brother Marks? I'm trying to turn the face of the Northwest from over your shoulder. Yes, God's done some great things. We honor the men that's helped us get here. But ladies and gentlemen, Brother Parker, Brother Borders, Brother Neff, Brother Satterwhite, all of these men that have helped get us here, they didn't help to get us here for us to stay here. There's greater things. There's greater things. Plateaus are filled with thorns and thistles. It's not fertile ground. Geographically speaking, Brother Satterwhite, you go study it. Plateaus rarely stay plateaus. The reason being is his plateaus are vulnerable to wind erosion. Nothing growing there. If nothing's growing there, it's going to wash away. The winds are going to beat on it. They put a new road in. They get that new road in. You watch one of the first things they start doing. They start sowing vegetation on the sides. Come on, on those hillsides, on those slopes. Because it doesn't matter how much money they put in. And it doesn't matter how, come on, how much work that they put in. And it are you hearing me right now? And it doesn't matter how much land that they've opened up. Come on, if there's not some vegetation, if there's not some growth... Plateaus don't stay plateaus. They turn into mesas. They turn into buttes. In fact, I found it very interesting. Several different references. Brother McDonald, I found that they wind and erosion. Come on, the wind and erosion will beat against the plateau until they become oddly shaped forms. Yo, there's nothing more odd. And an apostolic church that's not having babies. You get up on that, I've seen it. I've seen it. You get up on that plateau and you get the standards right and we ought to get them right. You get the sleeve rings and the dress links and, 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 and the women, their clothing's not revealing and the man's got a good haircut. I ought to get it all right. But you can't get all that right and shove a stake in the ground and say, and look back down your shoulder and say, well, at least we're not compromising like them. And at least we're not doing that. And, and we're just... In the vicinity, in the vicinity of greater zenith. Come on, in the vicinity, just in the distance, there's other people climbing to higher. And we say, look at them go. No, 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 listen to me. Listen, to, there's winds going to come. You better hear me. I feel like in one sense that God has sent me here not to just send us forward, but to help somebody avoid a train wreck. Ladies and gentlemen, I have never seen anything more strange than a church with standards where there are no souls it's perverted so 
Some of the ugliest perversion I've ever seen has come out of people that have shoved their stake in the ground and said, we've got standards. There's a problem with there's a problem with parking on that plateau. All pleasing. You better be fruitful in all your works. I prayed the Lord would help me say this with the right spirit. But in order to say something and it have veracity and to verify it that it's indeed from God, you put the Bible, you got to put the word test on it. I've got word for this. You want you want to talk you want to talk about the one of the one of the most sad one of the most uh, perverted debauched uh, 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 sensuality sexual cesspool in Scripture. Look at a man. Look at a man that God told him to get out. Sent an angel to get him and his family out, and the angel told him to go where to the mountain. Not to the plateau, Brother Copeland. Not not to Zor. We're not looking to do just enough to get... Oh, God. We're not looking to do just enough to get out of the way of hell. We're not looking to do just enough to get out of the way of the judgments of God. That's a plateau. Oh, Holy Ghost, help me right here. Come on, there are winds. We're crazy if we don't think that those winds are not going to beat against conservative Pentecost. Strange winds. God, have mercy. The Bible warns it's going to blow. It's going to blow. There are strange winds blowing. Hallelujah. That's why I'm admonishing you here tonight. We got to keep moving. We got to keep falling forward. We got to keep climbing. There's a danger. There's a danger in succumbing to the spirit of doing just enough. There's a danger in a man becoming discouraged and throwing his hands up and saying, I guess revival's just not for us. And I'm going to pastor these 30 people the best I know how to pastor them and make sure it's clean. There's a danger in that. The angel said to go to the mountain. He didn't say to go to Zor. He didn't say do just enough to get out of danger's way. He said go to the mountain. And he didn't do it. He went when it was convenient. He moseyed his way there when he wanted to get there. And it was there that his daughters got him drunk. And there was incestual relationship. And two wicked nations were born. Perversion. Perversion. Oftentimes will spoil the achievements that are celebrated on the plateau. As far as I'm concerned, the greatest cuss word, the greatest curse word, that the Bible contains is hell 
in the grips, Brother Copeland, of the book of Exodus, when it says that Moses was content. Oh, let's jump over there to Hebrews. Let's, let's do it. That'd be a good place to start. That'd be, I'm glad you wanted to go there. By faith, Moses refused to be identified. You just well to say amen. You know it's the truth. He refused to be identified with the Egyptians. But Moses, I'm glad that you made a decision. Not to be like the world. Let me make application here. I'm glad that we have made a decision. God have to not be like the world. I'm glad that we've decided there's some things that our kids are not going to participate in. I'm thankful that we've decided. Come on. I'm thankful that elders long ago said that's not healthy. That's not wholesome. I'm thankful that we have taken stands and refused. But Moses, that's a plateau. It's not good enough for you just to get out of Egypt and say, I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going there, and I'm not talking. Moses, you, th- you think about everything that God navigated you through. You think about everything supernatural. You think about the preservation, everything that God did. Moses, God didn't do everything he did for you, for you just to not identify with Egypt. God raised you up to deliver Egypt. I'm going to try again. God did not, God did not birth a church for us not to just not identify with Egypt. God birthed a church for us. But it's enough for some people, Brother Neff. To tend another man's sheep on the back, brother Dykes. I'm gonna tell you something. It's not enough for me just to follow fifteen or twenty sheep around on the backside of the desert for forty years, justifying it, looking back over my shoulder, saying, "At least I ain't doing that. At least I ain't wearing that. At least I ain't going there." Let me preach this here tonight. I'm not I'm preaching to saints. Come on. Thank God. Thank God for your separation. I'm looking at young ladies. Come on. I'm looking at young men. You could have gone a 50 different directions. You stayed. You stay submitted to your pastor. You've remained here. You've kept your purity. You've kept your holiness. Come on. You've stood by the standards of the church. Come on. If you're going to do that much, Moses, don't become content with living in the desert. God's got a revival. God's got three million Go get them. Go get them. Come on. I'm trying to stir these young people up. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. I've got, I've got a speech impediment. I've got, I've got insufficiencies. I've got insecurities. I've got inferiority complexes. Get over it and go get them. Get over it and go get them. Get over it. God did 
didn't call out a separated church for us to live on a plateau of contentment in the wilderness for 40 years. How was some of you young girls that have been fighting your hair? I ain't playing games tonight. You've been fighting your hair. I wish the next time you looked in the mirror and thought, if I'm going to keep my scissors out of my hair, the least that I'm going to expect is that the glory of the Lord. Young men, quit griping and grumbling, complaining. And passing every lighted football field and every lighted stadium and letting your mind wonder what could have and what. We've got a problem. It's going it's to be hard for me to leave this alone in Tulsa in a few months. We've got a problem. We've separated ourselves. But where, we, where have we separated ourselves to? A wilderness. A barren plateau. Wandering around in the middle of a wilderness. God didn't separate you just for you to pride yourself in your separation. We need to get over. You know why we can't be big? We can't be big for small thinking. We're too busy being small to be big. So instead of overcoming our fears, we just live on the plateau and say, well, we're going to hold the fort until Jesus comes back. That's not the way it works. Nobody ever backslid with the intentions of backsliding. It's a slow fade. It's a slow pro. Are you hearing me? I'm trying to fire you up. You need to make up in your mind. Can I go? You gonna cover me if I go? When I pass movie theaters and they're packed to the gills, it must be something pretty good about watching a movie. That reality escape. Huh? Brother Copeland, I've made up in my mind. If I've lived all my life and never seen the inside of a movie theater, I'm not going to walk for the next 40 years in a barren wilderness and just pride myself that I've never been in a movie theater. Content. If there's a Christian, if there's such thing as a Christian curse word, there it is. Contentment. Moses, it's not enough to pride yourself in the plateau that you separated yourself from Egypt. Okay, you're separated. Now go have a revival. You got rid of your TV. Now go have a revival. You got the makeup off of your face. Now go have a revival. You got the jewelry off. Now go have a revival. Bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them out. Three million of them. Bring them out. Bring them out. I've got manna. I've got water flowing out of a rock. I've got a promise. Let.
I've seen it. And it's a humbling thing. And why they end up, why they end up, ended up at my feet, I don't know. But it's a humbling thing. God didn't just have David keeping sheep to keep sheep the rest of his life. Oh, God. There was a giant to kill. And there was a kingdom to grow. And, brother, it was a wake-up call for me. When you get in the presence of people that have sent the stake in the ground... And we're not like them. We're not going that direction. And we got that out. And we've stood for this. And we've stood for that. It's a stirring thing. When you get in their presence and all hell's breaking out in their church. And the, and, 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 and the, and the devil of perversion. And it's in their family. And it's their kids. And, and, they're, and they're shaking you. And you're saying, Brother Marks, do something. Would you please do? Pray. Would you do something? Would you, would, you, would you do something? Would you help me reach my kids? I can't do anything in many of those situations. But in a situation like this, where some of you are not there yet I can preach to you you don't want that happening to your kids you don't want that blowing up in your church make up in your mind we're saying no to the plateau thank God for the achievements but we're going home and we're going to have more 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 baptisms more bible studies more revival days after the Lord dropped this into my spirit I'm sitting in my favorite spot in my study and it came out of me and I I guess you have to have a thought before you speak it but I don't even remember thinking it just came out why did Reuben and Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh Why did they stay on the east side? Five hundred years. Matriarchs pulling their grandbabies up on their up on their legs, telling them, There's coming a day. There's coming a day. There's coming. Five hundred years of believing God for a promised land, the survival of Pharaoh, everything that happened to them in Egypt, everything. The more he persecuted them, the more pressure he put on them, the more they multiplied. Come on, while they were there in Egypt, everything that God provided for them in Goshen, everything God sent them to deliver, ten plagues, forty years in the wilderness, the loss of a generation, man, a water coming out of a rock, bitter waters turned sweet by a limb. Why? Why, 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 why would you go through all of that and get within a, 
hit within a rock's throw. <laughs> Why? Everything God's brought this church through. Everything that these men have been through in the Northwest, everything they fought for, the things that they've stood for. Why? Why would we get right here with our toes in the muddy banks of the Jordan and not go in? Why? 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 Brother Bray, Brother Dansby, why? Why? We the foundation has been laid for us. Why would we not take they I leaned over to Brother Mark Copeland this morning as Brother Borders, thank you, Brother Borders, thank you. As Brother Borders was talking about his sacrifices, and I leaned over to Brother Copeland and I said, We have no reason to complain. I don't want to take everything you guys did to get us to this level and say, you know, the views are nice here. Everything we've stood for, everything that these men have fought, everything the church has been through, all the blood, sweat, tears, all of the prayers that have been prayed, all of the meals that have been fasted, and for our spoiled, rotten generation to come up on the heels of that and say, rather than sacrifice and take it to the next level, and rather, rather than it costing us something, we'll just stay here and enjoy the rewards of someone else's sacrifice. See, that was Balaam's problem. Is Balaam never built an altar in his life. He could prophesy, but he was always prophesying in the smoke of someone else's sacrifice. Balak built his altars. This generation better hear me. Thank God for our elders. Thank God. Tony, thank God. Thank God for our elders. But ladies and gentlemen, it's an indictment against us as the younger generation. If we don't take what they've equipped us with. Well, Brother March, there's deep gorges. And there's, dear God, there's devils down there. And there's, no, quit looking down and look up. Look up. Quit looking down and look up. There's a mountain peak. Hallelujah. There's a higher height. There's a greater. A passivity. Lethargic, apathetic. There's an attitude of, you know what? It took us a long time to get here. We got a lot of crops. Moses, I know where some of you guys are already a step ahead of me. You're a sharp bunch. Well, Moses didn't balk. Yeah. Moses didn't agree with divorce either. But you learn as leaders. 
when somebody's got their mind made up to do something, you're not going to change their mind. And so rather than making them stay and infecting everybody else, you let them do because they're not asking permission. They're telling you what they're going to do. Have you stopped to ask yourself when the rest of that crew crossed the Jordan, what crossed with them? Thank you, Brother Burgess. The ark went with them. The promises went with them. The things of God went with them. Ephraim, you're unstable as water. Just let us stay right here. In fact, you go back and you study, and I've done my homework. You'll find the same thing if you do yours. They come back and they, James, they built their own little altar on the east side. And some translation calls it, they call it a replica altar. You know what that was about? That, 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 that was to remind, it was to remind the people on the other side of the river. And it, and it was to serve as a reminder future generations, hey, we really are like them. It was their way of still, it was their way of still trying to tie themselves into the promise of the people. God have mercy, Jesus. You ready? Here's the sad thing. And I'm still scouring and I'm still searching. In fact, I got a text from Brother Bo this week. He's been helping me with this. Other than a few scattered mentions. Brother Parker. Here's the problem with plateau parking. Other than a few scattered mentions. Manasseh, Gad. Reuben. They historically fade off of the sea. No great heroes. No great leaders. Other than a few historical scattered incidences, nothing scripturally significant really happened on the East Banks. Nothing. Very few things. They slowly faded away in the futuristic history of Israel. It's a plateau. On one hand, it's an achievement to make it to the East Bank. On the other hand, if you don't cross over, it's become a place that you just leveled off. And I wept, men, wept bitterly. I wept sitting in the library when a geologist brought out 
And he didn't understand, but it made sense to me that as they've begun to unearth the east side of the Jordan River, that an astronomical number of attempts to civilize 21 or 22 different levels Speaking of 21 or 22 different time periods, peoples, generations that tried to... We don't understand this. Mr. Geologist, I can explain it to you. There's still people that are trying to settle on plateaus. They don't want to pay the price to go ahead and go in. There's still, there is still a propensity. There is still a pension, a proclivity in people to get by with just doing enough. You know, we made it to the East Bank. Let's just stay here. I'm looking for a conference tonight. I'm looking for some radical, red-eyed, fanatical, apostolic, tongue-talking people to square your shoulders and say no to the plateau. We didn't come this far. I'm looking for some mamas and daddies. Said, I didn't fight for the last 30 years to get to the East Bank and try to civilize here. I'm going in. I'm going in. Giants or not, I'm going in. I'd much rather deal with giants. I would much rather deal with giants than desertous places. I'd much rather, come on, get your eyes off of the giants. Come on, what about the grapes? What about the milk? What about the honey? What about the promises? Virtually, watch this, virtually every enemy that would come against Israel from that day forward in their promised land, guess which way they would come through? That's right, I heard somebody say it. They would come through the east side. So guess what? Guess what plateau living looks like? It looks just like what Jacob, esoterically, it was an omen he gave Gad that now makes sense. He basically told Gad, you're going to spend the rest of your life fighting. And when you read that, it's, it's almost esoteric language. But follow history and you will see that Gad, one of those settlers on the plateau on the east side, Gad's, Gad's future becomes a military force. And the military force was only to fight off enemies all the days of his life due to his location. Listen, they would take the brute of adversarial attacks on Israel. They would be military oriented out of necessity. I hope we haven't learned to fight just to fight out of necessity. I hope we're not praying just to keep the devil off of us. Say no. Somebody shout no. No. Say no. 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 Where's the Gideons? I'm done. Where's the Gideons in this place? Where's the Gideons in this place 
that's bold enough to say, where, where are the miracles of our forefathers? You know what? I, if some of you start asking that, you know what kind of response I think you'd get from God? The same kind of response get in God. I thought you'd never ask. No, you didn't hear what I just said. I think God's just waiting on some of you to have the audaciousness of Gideon. Where are the miracles of our forefathers? Come on. God's waiting on a Gideon generation that says, where are the miracles you promised us? Where is the revival? Where are the promises? And God said, I thought you'd never ask. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to pour it on you. I'm going to use you. I'm Let's stand. Somebody, give me some music. Let's take the lid off of it. Come on. All this preaching has led up to this. You better thank God for these men that prayed. Come on. They built this up and built this up and built it. Come on. What are you waiting on? Come on. Come out of your pews. If you need the Holy Ghost, if you need deliverance, they're coming right now. I'm looking for somebody that's expecting more. Come on. Come out from where you're at. It's time to get down here and lift your voice. More. 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 I want you to go home expecting more. I want you to go home. We're not just going to fade off of the scene. We're not going home just to fade off of the scene. If you've got visitors, bring them. Bring them. If you've got people that need healing, if you've got people that need the Holy Ghost, bring them. Come on. Work these altars. Somebody shout more. 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 Come on. More. More. Come on, connect with somebody. Connect with somebody. Let's pray. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. I can't hear you. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We want more. We want more. Ever growing. Ever increasing. Come on. Come on, kids. Come on, generation. Come on. Louder. Louder. Come on, I need some desperation. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Let's break this thing tonight. Let's push it over the edge. More. 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 I'm saying, I'm saying no to the plateau. Hallelujah. I'm expecting miracles. I'm I'm expecting miracles. I'm expecting infillings. I'm expecting baptisms. I'm expecting growth. Yeah. Come on, come on. Come on. My God is more than enough. I need some pastor's wives. I need some elders. I need some new converts. More, 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 more. 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 No. I'm saying no. I'm not just saying no to the world. I'm saying no. I'm saying more than no to the world. I'm saying no to the plateau. Come on. God wants to use you to pray somebody through right now. Reach over and pray with somebody. Reach over and pray with somebody. I can't hear you. Stir it up. Stir it up. You better pray God shakes you. You better pray God shakes you. You better pray. Come on. You better pray God shakes you. He is my hell.
Turn it upside down. Turn it on its ear. Do something in us. Shake us. Wake us. He is my God.